0: Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Hey, we started a series last week called Stan. Uh, we, we started that. Anybody here last week had a great time? Man, God moved in an incredible way. It was exciting. And we're believing for more. Some of you were, were okay with that, with your little golf clap, and that's okay. Okay. Um, but, uh, but hey, so, so the reason we're going through this and we're going through the book of Daniel uh, is because taking a stand for the right things at the right time, the right way can significantly change your life. But if you compromise the wrong things, at the wrong times for the wrong reason, it can cost you more than you'll ever imagine. And so we're going to go through the book of Daniel and see where Daniel uh, stood uh, at, at certain points, and, and we're going to share some different stories from that. Uh, last week we talked about standing out, and we looked at, at how, um, how Babylon came in, conquered um, um, God's people, and, and took and indoctrinated a lot of the young men to come in and, and indoctrinate them into Babylonian culture. And we saw where Daniel and, and, and his friends stood out among all the other, uh, all the other people that they brought in, and even stood out among all the other Uh, The Babylonians. Aside of that, um, and and they took a stand for God in that moment. Today, we're going to talk about stand up, and it's probably not the passage that maybe if if you've read the Bible and you understand you've been through. It's probably not the passage that you think it's going to be. Uh, But we're going to talk through this concept of stand up uh, today. Anyone ever learn anything? That's probably a silly question, right? Mark? No, not so much. Rhonda's still trying. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Uh, but anybody ever, maybe you, had, we all had to go to school, right? We learned our ABCs and 1, 2, 3s, yeah? And, you know, a little, little, little bit of PEMDOS, y'all remember that? You know, a little bit of Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals what? All right, good job, guys, yes. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we had to go through school and, and, and learn and, and do some things. Some of you guys were just there, um, you know, you, you, you tried and, and you were just there. I was me. I hated high school, but I had to do it and went through it. Um, but yeah, you might play a sport. If you grew up playing a sport, maybe play a sport right now. You had to learn how to play that game. Um, my kids are both in baseball. I don't know what we were thinking, because we're at the ball field four nights a week. And, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but they're playing, and they're having an amazing time. But they're learning, especially Anjali. This is her first year. She's four years old, playing t-ball. And it's so cute. Um, it, it, my wife and I are very competitive, so it can be frustrating. Um, but it, she's really cute. She gets up and she twists her foot in the dirt and and, uh, and she just taps in it and, and it's great. Uh, it's awesome. But she's learning, you know, um, Aiden, Aiden's played some before, but he's he's still learning. And, and because he's still learning, there's times when we have to come in and correct. You know, you got to get the, the right stance and the right, the right swing and teaching the, the mechanics and things like that. Sometimes it's it, it can be frustrating. Uh, anybody learned an instrument Lord Mark? Eric, you didn't just wake up one day and pick that guitar and start shredding, right? It took some time. You had to be corrected at times. Um, anybody learn a trade, right? Uh, Michael back here, he's a welder. If you didn't know that, and 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 that takes uh, some time and hours and. And um, you got to get licensed and all that fun stuff to, to be able to do that. And that's, that's, a, that's a really cool uh, thing to be able to do. You don't know too many welders uh, around. Well, maybe here in Plant City you do, but, uh, but you don't know that, right? Um, my, my wife, and we have some others in the room, are teachers. And, and that, that's, a, that's a particular trade that they had to go through, and they had to learn best practice. And they're still taking trainings to, to be able uh, to do that. Maybe a hairstylist. Aren't you thankful that your hairstylist uh, went through the proper training, and, and, and your barbers, those are fellas you go to the barbershop, and, and you're thankful that they went through training and learned how to do it the right way, okay? because that would be really uh, embarrassing, Go through with this messed up looking haircut, right? Um, many of us in the room learned to fish. I oh, mean, that's some of the most fondest Memories I have growing up is going with my dad and grandfather out to, to fish, and, and, and if you're lucky, Ted will, will take you out on, on the Norma Louise and uh, take, you, take you fishing as well. Maybe Roger will take you out, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I used to, I loved going fishing, but, but as a kid, sometimes they just give you the pole, they bait it, and then you throw it out, you know, so you can catch the fish, because, you know, if, if you have kids and you've ever tried to teach them the fish, that can be really stressful, you know? But it's important to be able to teach them how that works as well. And, and so along the way, we have to be willing to be taught. We have to be able to, to be taught but also corrected at times because that's part of growth. That's, that's a life lesson and in so many areas of our life. We have to be willing to, to be taught but also corrected. It's, it's about growth. Here at TLC, our core, one of our core values is growth because we believe God wants to grow you and, and take you uh, on a journey to, to some things that he has for your life. And we absolutely believe in growth here. But if we're going to grow, sometimes we have to be corrected. There's a lot of times in your life, maybe you've had this happen or maybe you need it to happen now that you need to be corrected. There may be some times that God wants to use you to speak into someone else's life. God wants to use you to speak into someone's life because maybe, maybe they're off track. Maybe they're off focus. Maybe maybe they're, they're doing some things. Chances are you're going to have a loved one that's not making some good decisions. And God is going to want to use you to help them get back to where they need to be. Maybe it's a child. You have a child, whether they're young or they're grown, right? And, and God wants to use you to help speak into their life. In a good, in a healthy way. It's easy to yell out, what are you doing, stupid? You know, it's easy to do that, right? But, but, but that may not be the best way to do that. Maybe you'll have a loved one that is, is going to or has made a bad financial decision. You know, And God may use you to help speak into their life, to coach them, to mentor them on how to get back on track. Maybe you're a spouse in the room. Maybe you feel like you're, you're taken for granted. Maybe it's time to have a conversation healthy one again, and say, listen, we we need to sit down, we need to talk, we need to talk this through, things just aren't the way that they need to be. You have a close friend, maybe at work or something like that, and God may want to use you to speak into their life. I I believe here in Daniel chapter 4, you can go ahead and turn there if you have your Bible with you today, in Daniel chapter 4, I think we see a moment like this with Daniel and with King Nebuchadnezzar. Before we get to that, though, I want you to understand that. That as we go through this today, I want to help you stand up for what's right and for what matters the most. Okay? So, so if God ever chooses you, he ever speaks to you to go and help someone and help mentor them, help coach them, help correct them. Uh, I, 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 I pray that you stand up in, in the right way to be able to do that. But maybe today you find yourself in a place where you need some correction in, in your life. I want to be able to put you in a position today to receive that in the right way. Before we get to anything today, uh, there, there's a, there's a tension that can happen here because this is not a green light to just go out and, and start correcting everybody that you see and start passing down judgment and start you know slinging anointing all everywhere and just laying hands on like even though that we probably need to do some of that but, but 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 this is we have to learn to do this in the right way and and here's the deal there's some of you in the room you don't mind confrontation okay. You don't mind it. You're okay to, to step up and and, and speak and, and share your, your thoughts and feelings. In fact, some of you may be looking for something to, to 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 email me about tomorrow. You know, something that I did wrong or said wrong, and that's possible. I'm not always gonna get it right. I, I promise you, I'll always be real, but um, I may not always get it right. And some of you may be looking to, oh, I'm gonna, I, that was wrong. You know, let's talk about it. But then there's some of you on the other spectrum. There's some of you on the other side. You're completely non confrontational. Like you're, 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 if, if, you're, if you're, you, you know, you're, you're non confrontational. Can you just raise your hand real quick? Yeah. Yeah, there's some of you didn't raise your hand because you're non confrontational, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, so we, we see these two huge uh, spectrums in, in between the. So, so before we get into the text and everything today, I think we need to understand that there's two confrontational uh, extremes. Uh, there's some that are just completely unwilling to confront. Hey, that's, you know, that, that's for them. I'm just going to live and let them live and, and let God be God and, and only God can judge me. You know, some of y'all got that tatted on you because you used to be about that thug life and, and you got that on. You know, um, only God can judge me. Uh, Eric, I know you got that somewhere tatted on you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, yeah, that's just none of my business, right? Sip your Kermit tea. Y'all see those memes? On on Facebook, yeah? You're just going to sit back and, hey, let them live. I'm just going to sip my tea back here. And I think we got a few. Uh, if you can pull those up, because they're just really funny. Hey, you, you got a new iPhone and $200 Jordans, but your kids' school supplies are still on layaway. I'm just going to sip my tea, Joe. Uh, you know, yeah. We got. It. If you want to cry, use a tissue, not your Facebook status. That's a lot. That's some strong right right there. And I think we got one more. Oh, no, there, yeah. uh, stop signing into your Facebook and go sign into your kids' school forms. Uh, yeah, uh, that might be something. Hey, if you go search these, by the way, um, th- there's some really inappropriate ones, so don't, like, judge me or get mad at me. Um, I- I'm-, I'm warning you, so just I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's you. You're non-confrontational, and you're just going to sit back and, and sip uh, your tea. But then on the other spectrum, there's some that confront unlovingly. They're so confrontational, and they're okay to get in your business, and they're okay to, to speak their mind and just say what whatever they want. They're, they're looking for something wrong. Hey, listen, here's the deal: if you want to see something wrong and you want to search for it, you're gonna find it. It's out there. there there's all kinds of stuff that you can get into and get going on, especially with this social media-driven culture that we have. Like people are quick to, to go on Facebook and, and we call them internet trolls. That's what the correct term is for them. Because they're just you know, it's probably like a 30 year old guy sitting in his mom's basement wearing a Star Wars t shirt, eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and, and he's just sitting on there trolling people, seeing who what confrontations he can get into, seeing who he can prove wrong. Because you know, with the internet today, everybody's an expert on everything. Yeah? You know, everybody's an expert politician all of a sudden. They know all of the constitution and they know all of the rules, and, and they can do Supreme Court justice better than anybody else can, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's, everybody's a, a, a political expert now. Everybody knows all the laws, right? Everybody's a theologian now because they saw something on Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks they know everything about everything because we have we had the internet because they saw it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're quick to, to confront. Everybody's really brave behind a screen, aren't they? And they'll, they'll say stuff and they'll, they'll troll people, troll things. You guys have seen those posts. Two extremes. Either they don't take a stand or they stand up in the wrong way. And again, God may call you to intervene into someone's life. The reason we're talking about that today is because I want you to learn how to do it the right way. The right way. To stand up the right way. Here before we dive into Daniel chapter 4, we have King Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to call him King Neb. Because that's a, that's a lot to say. I, I feel bad for him in a way because he probably grew up. Like, I would hate to grow up in school. And my name is Nebuchadnezzar. You know, like, that's, that's a long, that's a lot to say, Irma. So I'm just calling him King Neb. Is that okay? I'm not changing the word of God, all right? It's just, I'm just paraphrasing and, and I'm just giving him a nickname, okay? King Neb. King Neb was an evil king. He oppressed people and went through and conquered lands um, you guys remember Saddam Hussein, right? That wasn't that long ago. He actually idolized King Nebuchadnezzar, and he considered himself to be King Nebuchadnezzar reincarnated. Uh, so if that tells you anything about anything, uh, this is the kind of guy we're talking about here with King Neb. He was an evil king. He oppressed people, was not kind at all, and he invades and destroys Jerusalem, burns the temple, destroys the city. We, we talked about that last week, and this begins 70 years of captivity of Judah, humiliated God's people, took faith symbols out of the, the temple, took the, the, the boys, the young Hebrew boys, and indoctrinated them to become Babylonian. But throughout the time here, even though we're in chapter 4 of Daniel, a lot has gone down in these first couple chapters, and, 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 and we see God move in some significant ways through these young Hebrew boys, through, through Daniel, through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we see God move through their, their life, and, and King Nebuchadnezzar sees this, and it's got his attention. It's got, it's got his attention so much so that he's actually kind of leaning more a little towards towards God and, 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 and believing in him. and So that's where we find things at, at this time. Anybody know, anybody like that, that, that God has moved in their life? God, God has done some things, and they've seen God do some things. And, and they may have started to, to teeter towards, towards God a little bit, but maybe something happened. Or maybe like King Nebuchadnezzar, they gave into pride, and they figured out, oh, I'm just going to do it myself and, and do this thing. I, you know, I've got this under control. Anybody know anybody like that? We've seen King, king Nebuchadnezzar. He turns to pride. He turns to himself. He's, he's this king. He's got a big head. Arrogant. And in Daniel chapter 4, we see the king has this dream. Now, not, like, not Dr. King. Okay, that was a different dream or a different time. That, that was a better thing to have. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. He has this dream, and it scares him. It scares him. It shakes him up a little bit. So let's go to Daniel chapter 4, and we're going to look at and, and start in, in verse 9 this morning. He said, I, I said Belteshazzar, I'm not David, because that, that was his Babylonian name that they changed Daniel to Belteshazzar. Balthasar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here's my dream. Interpret it for me. These are the visions I saw while lying in bed. I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. That's a big tree. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit abundant. And on it was food for all. Under it, the wild animals found shelter, and the birds lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while lying in bed, I looked, and there before me was a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, cut down the tree and trim off its branches. Strip it of its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its roots, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground in the grass of the field." Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by for him. The decision is announced by messengers, the holy ones, to declare the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of people. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you so much for this day. God, I pray that you move in such a way today, God, that you, you would speak to your people, God, that we would leave different, Lord. We don't want to just come in as, as usual, as normal, because that's just the thing to do in Plant City is go to church. God, that we would come in seeking after you, hungry for you, hungry for the things of you, God, so that we can learn, so that we can grow, God, so that we can become the people that you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so, so the king has this crazy dream, right? He has this dream, and, 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 and he begins to call all these people in to interpret it. So he calls in all of his chief magicians and, and all the people he, he thinks could, could be able to do that. And here's the deal. If you read a little bit prior to what we just read, you'll see none of them could interpret it. None of them. In fact, if you read other versions of the Bible, some of it said that they wouldn't interpret it. Here's what I think. I think it's a little bit of both. I think some of them couldn't interpret it. I think some of them didn't want to touch it because they didn't want an angry king mad at them. Because even even us just reading it, I mean, a kid, my, my seven-year-old son, can read that and say, "Okay, here's. I think this is what's going to happen, right?" But none of them wanted to touch this dream. They didn't want to mess with the king. This was bad news, right? And so they didn't. No one, none of them could or would it do this. And so he calls Daniel. had seen God move in Daniel. This isn't the first time that Daniel's interpreted. Daniel had this gift. God had gifted him with being able to interpret dreams. He was was a a prophet and and we see many uh, prophetic uh, things throughout the the book of Daniel. Prophetic things that happened uh, not only in that time but uh, things that are to come. Daniel had this gift. God God was in his life and on his life and and, and the king caused him in to interpret this dream. There was this large tree it was enormous, it, and, it, and, it, and it touched everything, right? It touched everything. This, this huge tree it touched everything, and it, and it, it brought shade, and, and it brought fruit, and it brought things for, for everything. The birds were, were nesting in it, and, and then there were animals that were using it, and, and it just covered over everything. And then there's a messenger from heaven that says, all right, scatter its fruits. The, chase the animals away from the shade. Let's cut this tree down to the stump so that everyone will know that the Most High rules over all Kingdom. In verse 19, 19 we see Daniel hears this and he responds. He doesn't like what he hears. So in verse 19, then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time. This wasn't like he's like, oh, hmm. Yeah, no, this is he was perplexed for a time. This bothered him. He was greatly perplexed for a time and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. He was puzzled. He was, he, he, you know, I, I don't know how you got, I, I probably would have been like some of them other chief magicians. Because I, man, I don't, this is the king. He's an evil king. He's a bad dude. Like, I don't want him, like, killing me or locking me up. Or like He probably chopped my head off or something. Uh, so I'm just probably like, hey, you yo, king, like. I don't do this interpretation stuff anymore. I kind of retired from it, you know. I'm, I'm, out of, I'm a little rusty. Today. I'm a little rusty at this dream interpretation thing. So, man, I, I, you know, there's a reason these other guys couldn't do it. You know, so I'm, I'm, I, I can't, can't help you here. <laughs> or, or maybe it's like, King, man, you know, I know you, you probably stayed up late partying last night. You know, had too much pizza, late, a little pepperoni, got, got to you. So you had some crazy dreams last night. Many of us have been there before, haven't we? Uh, had some pizza too late. Because here's the thing, here's the thing, throughout the Bible, we see uh, people having dreams and God using dreams to speak to people in their life. And I believe he still does that today. I believe that's a gift. I believe that's something that he will still do today. Now, you might have some crazy dreams, right? We, we've all been there. You might have, maybe, maybe you were just so stupid tired from watching the, the Notre Dame-Georgia game last night and, and hoping that, that maybe Georgia would lose, but, um, but it didn't quite happen. And so maybe you just stayed up way too late last night. And so you were just so tired that you just went deep into your sleep and, and just had some weird, wacky dreams. Uh, maybe you watched something kind of crazy before you went to bed. Maybe a little too much uh, Criminal Minds right before bed. Maybe you watch a scary movie or something right before bed. So you have some kind of crazy dream uh, about uh, When I was a kid, I did what kids do. I didn't listen. and uh, we, we weren't allowed to watch you know, that scary stuff for a good reason. And I know that now. But, but, but I always wanted to watch those Friday the 13th movies. I don't, I don't know why. I, I, well, I know why because mom said don't do it. So I would always sneak to do it. And uh, it, it never every time I did, I always have a dream about that. Hockey mask guy chasing after me. Every, every single time. Kids, don't be playing around with that scary stuff. It, it's, it's nonsense, man. It's not good for you. But I had a dream every time. I had a dream every time about that. So maybe you watched something you shouldn't have and you dreamed about it that night. Maybe you ate some, some late night Chinese. You had that 813 uh, Chinese in the, in the fridge and you had late night snacks, and some noodles and, and some shrimp fried rice and uh, a little sesame chicken, something. Uh, that you ate way too late, and it just messed with you, and, and you had some crazy dreams? Anybody, ever you have a dream about something, and, and, and you got mad in the dream, like, or you're fighting or something, and, and you woke up, and you were ready to fight some more? You woke up mad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dreams are funny like that, but I think sometimes we just have wacky, wild dreams. But then sometimes there are dreams that do mean some things. There's some meaning behind some of it. And actually, you can study into it. And there's symbols and things that, that, that you can interpret. Um, in fact, if, you, um, if you're falling in your dream, that can mean that there's something you can't control in your life. Or maybe there's something you're, you can't control that's going on in your life. Uh, maybe you've had a dream where you've forgotten an exam or, or a test. And, and you forgot about it. You didn't study for it. Uh, chances are in life and something in your life you don't feel prepared for. Uh, if you ever have a dream about being stuck stuck some way um, in your dream, you may be feeling overwhelmed in your life. Um, if you've ever had a dream about chocolate, it's not just that you love chocolate, but, but maybe you, you have done something good and so you feel like you deserve to be rewarded. Uh, if you've ever had a dream about being naked, which a lot of us have had that dream, you showed up to school naked or in your, your underwears, right? Um, yeah, that's, that means you've, you're feeling insecure in life. You know, many of us have had that that dream before. Uh, If you have a dream about going to the bathroom, you probably should wake up because you probably have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) It was funny, just this week, our son, Aiden, he he said that the other, he's like, Mom, I had a dream about going to the bathroom. I woke up and I really had to go. And I was like, that's so weird because I'm talking about that on Sunday. (laughs) But King Neb has this crazy dream. Crazy dream. No one can interpret it. And he asked Daniel... To interpret it. And Daniel lovingly says this to him. He says, I wish this applied to your enemies. I wish this applied to your enemies, king. See, some of the things in in this conversation that plays out between Daniel and the king, it would suggest that Daniel actually cared for the king. It would suggest that he cared for him, that he loved him, and that that he wanted to do what was right. And not just what was right, but so that King Nebuchadnezzar could come to know his God. It seemed that he, and he said, man, I, I really, he was perplexed. He was perplexed for a long time. This, this terrified him. And this really bothered because he had a connection to this king. And it, and it was more than, than what we might think. Because oftentimes we think, you know, Christians shouldn't be hanging around with, with people that aren't Christians and stuff like that. And I get that because, you know, there's influence there, but, but who's going to impact the world if, if we're not out, out there trying to reach people, right? And, and, and I believe that, that we have a moment like this, that Daniel really cared for this king and genuinely wanted to see him. Coming to know his God. So he stands up to the king. He does what the right thing is to do here. Because he wants him to know God. Because he had a relationship with him. He he cared for him. So in verse 22 he says, Your majesty, you are the tree. You are the tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky. And your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. In verse 25, he interprets it. He says, you will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the most high is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Here's the thing. Um, Daniel could have stopped right here. But, All right, I interpret it, bro. Peace out. Love you. We'll talk soon. We'll go back to living my life. But he doesn't stop because, again, he wants to do the right thing. He wants to confront the king the right way because he genuinely cares for him, has a relationship for him, uh, with him, and wants to see him come to know God. So, so he goes a little bit further, and he says in verse 27, King Nebuchadnezzar, please accept my advice. Please accept my advice. Stop sinning and do what is right. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past, be merciful to the poor, and perhaps then you will continue to prosper. Again, it seems that Daniel cares for him. It seems that Daniel wants him to, to do what's right and come to know, to know God. And so here's a moment where he is being used by God to speak into the king's life and to confront him and to stand up to the king. Please accept my advice. Please, please listen if if, if, if you want to do what's right, if, if you want to see this thing through, will you, will you just please, anybody ever had that conversation with someone before, will you just, please listen. Why? Because we know what the end result is going to be. We can see what's about to happen. And you're, you're just like, please, please listen. If you're here today and you're not living the right way that God wants you to, you're not living right, I would say the same thing to you. Please, please listen. Stop sinning. Stop living away from God. Do what's right because I personally care about you. I want you to come to know God and grow in him and live the life that he has for you. Stop making bad choices. Do what's right. Get your finances in order. Do what's right. Quit being a jerk to people. Do what's right. If you are following Jesus... We're supposed to be living in community with other Christ followers. That's the way God created us to live. So if you you are following Jesus, we're, we're supposed to be living in community with other believers. Loving each other, praying and encouraging one another, supporting each other, doing life together. Because why? Because we are better together and it's the way that God has created us to be. Relationship gives you the right to speak into someone's life. When you build up those relationships with people, it gives you the right to speak. In, in, in a small group type setting, those are the best times to be able to come in and speak into people's life. When you've built up a relationship with someone, you've spent time with them, you've spent time praying with them, you've spent time crying with them, you've spent time hearing their, their story and they hearing your story. Uh, those, those are the best times and the best atmospheres to be able to speak into people's lives and confront them about things that's going on chances are God may use you to do that very thing, to coach people, to mentor them, to encourage them, to help them get on the right track. There may be those of you that that God wants to use to stand up and help encourage. And there may be some of you here today that that you need to be willing to be stood up to because because you're not living right. Some things in your life that shouldn't be there. You're far away from God. You need to be able. Allow people to speak into your life, to stand up. So how do we do that? Galatians 6.1 is a great verse for this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if, anyone, or if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Let me read that again. You should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So when we confront people, when, we, when we're given an opportunity to speak into someone's life, to encourage them, to help them get right with God, we should pray. We should pray about it. We should ask God how to help us. And, and here's a couple of prayers for you. Number one, God, help me confront with the goal of restoration. Help me confront this person with the goal of restoration. Because how many times do we confront with the goal of being right? I'm going to confront them. I'm going to come at them because they're not living right. I think I know what's right. And so I'm going to confront them. It's the wrong way. Gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. We should have a goal, not of being right, but a goal of helping others be right with God. That should be the goal. To confront others with the goal of restoration. To confront them with the goal of helping them see things the right way. Not see things your way. But see things the right way. Later in my time as as a youth pastor, um, church had been growing, we were building another campus. My pastor calls me in and he's like, hey man, listen, you know, there's some parents that, that have some concerns. Nobody was mad, but they, they just have some concerns and and some suggestions because we were growing and the church was growing, youth group was growing, and, and it was just we were getting to a different level of, of ministry and leadership. And he's and he's like, listen, you know, uh, you know, as we grow, you're, you're gonna have to shift some things and change some things, and because you're gonna have more responsibility. There's more people, there's more parents, because not only were, are we ministering to kids, but but each one has at least one parent, maybe two parents, and, and maybe a grandmama um, that, that, that 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 we have to to also communicate with. And, and he's like, listen, um, as we grow, as we go to this. New level, uh, are you going to be the guy that's gonna be able to help lead this youth ministry into that? I was like, dang, man. I, I was like gut check to me. I really felt like I got punched in the in the stomach, but it was a gut check to me. It wasn't what I wanted to hear, but it was what I needed to hear. It was what I needed to hear. And I could have, I'm gonna be honest, at first I got a little offended. I'm like, hold oh, what? What's the deal? What's really nothing? Kid, the kids are still alive. No one's died or anything. You know, like no one's gotten hurt. You know, I, I, I've never lost a kid. You know, maybe close a few times, but I never lost. You know, and I'll be on a little offense road. I put the defensive on, but it was a gut check. It was what I needed to hear. And I said, "All right, I got you, man. I, I got you." We'll tweak some things. We'll change. I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm look at everything. We're gonna we're gonna do them. I'm gonna get some people to help and, and, and do some different things. It wasn't what I wanted to hear, but it was what I needed to hear. Now he was always encouraging. I'm not gonna, you know I'm not just saying that uh, whatever, but but he was always encouraging too at times because we had a great relationship. We had a great in and, and the same way Daniel had a relationship with the king because this happens best in the context of relationships. So when you confront, do it gently and humbly. Help that person back onto the right path. And it's not about you being right. It's about helping the person do what's right. So that's one prayer. The second prayer is, God, help me confront with caution. Help me confront with caution. Look into the last part of the verse in Galatians. It says, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Because when we're confronting people, we are vulnerable to pride. It's easy to confront people. It's easy to look at people and, and see what they're doing wrong. And, and it's easy for pride to creep in. It's easy for us to get a holier than thou mentality or, or, or feel like we're, we're more spiritual than them. And so we, we know what's right. And, and it's easy for that to creep in. And the enemy would love nothing more to, than to, to take advantage of that. But we have to be careful because we're vulnerable to pride. Oftentimes we can see ourselves as above and others below, but we are all below God. All of us. So here's some things. You you might talk to a buddy at work because you feel like his drinking is getting out of control. And so you're like, bro, you you need to quit drinking. But here's the deal. You go home and you're really crappy with your wife. It's easy for you to see something wrong in someone else and and not see what's going on in in your own life. You might not like that someone cusses a lot, but you constantly gossip and talk about people behind their back. Right? Right? It's easy to see that speck in someone else's eye, So we have to be very careful when we're confronting people not to allow pride in. If you have a concern to confront someone, it could be that God is placing that burden on your heart to come alongside of that person, to encourage them, to, to help build them up and make them better. Or it could be that God is trying to bring attention to something in your own heart that you need to deal with gently. And humbly, we're supposed to help correct and confront people. Not to be higher, not to be holier, but to help. Not to be higher, not to be holier, but to help people get back on track. So here's the thing. If you leave today and you just want to go out and start correcting everybody and everything and and every ungodly or unjust thing and you want God to smite some people and stuff like that, right? Like, you're totally missing this message, right? You're, You're listening to something else. I don't know what that is. I have an idea what that is, but... right. Daniel confronted the king, but notice this: he, de- he doesn't turn right away. He doesn't turn. In fact, seven years go by. He doesn't turn around, right, and that can be frustrating for us sometimes, right? Sometimes people change, and sometimes they don't. Here's what you need to understand: in this, is that you can't change people. God does that, if they are willing. Your job is to be obedient when God tells you to do something. That's your job, and that's it. It might take a long time, but through God's power, through the leading of the Holy Spirit and in his way and in his time, things and people can change and will. Daniel 4, 34, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. Remember the, the dream said he was going to be like a wild animal. He was going to lose his mind. But my sanity was restored that I praised the most high I honored and glorified him. Who lives forever. Don't give up. Don't give up hope, man. If God's called you to to, to coach and mentor someone. Don't give up hope, man. If Nebuchadnezzar, being the evil man that he was, would would, would turn his eyes and attention to God. God can do anything with anyone. Daniel did what was right. And he trusted God with the results. He he stood up. He did what was right. He did what God uh, called him to do and, and gifted him to do. And he trusted God with the results. And that's all we're supposed to do. Just be obedient to God, be willing to be used by him, do what he says, speak what he says, use the giftings that he's given us and then trust God with the results. That's what he's calling us to do today. Worship team, you guys can come on up. If you are a parent in the room, you need this today. You need this because you may see some issue with your kids at some maybe today you're seeing some, whether they're young or maybe they've grown all the way. And 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 you know that you you need to hear this today because you love them too much to not do anything about it. So you need to you need to hear this so that you can stand up so that you can coach them and encourage them and walk alongside them and help them Back to the right way. Spouses, your marriage may have some issues today. And you need to hear this because you love your spouse. You want to see this thing through. And so you might need to stand up and have some conversation. Even though it may be a tense moment. Even though it may be an awkward conversation. You need to have that talk. And maybe even some counseling. You might be in the room today and you have someone in your life that you deeply care about. Friend, coworker, a family member. And they're not living right. God may want you to stand up to help them. Are you going to be willing? Are you going to be willing to do that? And here's the deal. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be in ministry at all. You don't have to be a prophet like Daniel. You don't have to have the giftings that he had. You don't have to have this special gift of interpreting dreams. All you have to do is be willing and obedient and lovingly lead people to Jesus. That's all God is calling us to do is lovingly lead people to Jesus, will not you stand with me this morning? There's three types of people I want to speak to today. As we get ready to close real soon, we're going to have our, our prayer team come up in just a few moments. We're going to pray for people. If you don't know Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity today to accept Him into your life. We're going to worship together some more. But I, I want to speak to three types of people here today. And I pray that God would stir those people's hearts. I pray that you would respond. To this today, but three types would be the, the first is this those that are willing to allow God to use them. If you're here today and you would be willing to allow God, he, here's the deal I've talked to so many different people that said, Man, I wish when I was coming up that I had someone that got in my business. I wish I had someone coming up that said, Hey, listen, you're not doing things the right way, and we need to talk. I want to help you, I want to coach you. I wish I had somebody in my life that was a mentor. Maybe many of you here in the room, you've said that before. I wish I had somebody that came alongside me. I wish I had somebody that stepped in and stood up. That, That person could be you here today. That person could be every single person in this room. If you would be willing and obedient for God to use to coach and to mentor someone back to him. That's the first person. The second person is, is, maybe you're here in the room, would you be willing to be corrected? If you've got some things going on in your life today, would you be willing to be corrected? Would you will, be willing for someone to come alongside you and to speak into your life and to get in your business a little bit and say, listen, I think there's some better things that you can be doing with your life. Listen, God has a plan and purpose for you. I want to help coach you. I want to help lead you to that. Are you someone in the room today that would be willing to be correct. And then the third person is this. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have never accepted Him into your life. Or maybe you haven't done that in a long time and you need to reopen that relationship all over again. If you don't know Jesus today, would you allow me to speak into your life today? That Jesus died for all of us. He died for me, the sinner, you, the sinner, because we're all sinners. He died for us so that we can live for Him and live the life that he's calling us to. And he didn't just die, he rose again. He took the power of death, hell, and the grave so that he could take um, the power of death in your life and raise you up to life. So if you're here in the room today and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity to accept him into your life, to begin a relationship with him so that you can start living for him today. All across the room, if you'll bow your heads.